We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and the Exxon is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and Simul Radio and Simul TV. If you would like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com is my email address. Send on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. My guest this first hour of tonight's show is Richard Alabone. And uh, Richard is, let me see, he's uh, always been slow, methodical, inventive, and somewhat autistic. His childhood experience of telepathy led him to a lifetime of searching for an understanding. There must be an answer, he thought. Active membership of the Society for Psychical Research helped uh, with much background information, while practical instruction in trance, meditation, and mediumship completed a general view of the subject. Joining me now from the United Kingdom is Richard Alabone. And Richard, welcome to the Exxon. Yes. Yeah. Hello there, Rob. Nice having you back with us, Richard. Um, when did your interest in the paranormal first start? Well, a long, long time ago, 85 years ago, my mother said to me when I was a little boy, think of a number and I'll tell you what it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, she she did. She could read my mind. And that that happened uh, several times. And then I I got sort of excited about it. And I said, well, how how does that work? And from that time on, I have been trying to discover what the paranormal is all about. What, how would you describe, or to what definition would you give the word paranormal? It's um, things out of, the, out of the normal, but for me, they are normal. I've, in fact, I hosted a lot of shows um, entitled Paranormal is Normal. Spoke mm-hmm. to a lot of people who 
uh, had uh, a lot to say about uh, telepathy and uh, all the, all these paranormal things. We we tend tend not to believe these things because the evidence is a little bit obscure and difficult. You see, but in actual fact, the evidence is there. It, there is. There is telepathy and there is spiritual mediumship mm -hmm. and all sorts of things which we don't understand, but the evidence is strong enough for us to say categorically that paranormal is normal. So there has to be an answer. When you say evidence, what kind of evidence is there to substantiate the scientific existence of the paranormal? Well, uh, yes, I know that's that's a difficult one. Um, the the best scientific evidence, to, for my mind, is, mm -hmm. is what's known as the Gansfeld, which is a putting people into a particular state of mind um, where they go into trance and and telepathic images can be trans. Tele images can be transmitted telepathically and that is the best evidence that we have but there's an awful lot of, uh, of different uh, different aspects of the mm -hmm. paranormal which have their own evidence but it only happens occasionally it's 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 rare you see and this is this is what makes life difficult as far as parapsychologists are concerned. How does the Gansfield work, or Gansfield test work? Well, the, uh, the people are put into a, uh, a trance state by having ping-pong balls put over their eyes and in, in sitting in a red light, laying down in a very relaxed state. And, um, and they have uh, earphones with a hissing noise, a white noise. Mm -hmm. And this puts people into what is best described as the dream state. Not dreaming, but wide awake. Um, and then uh, somebody else in a room a little way away, somebody who, generally speaking, is, is uh, friendly or relative or something like that mm -hmm. and the, the person in the other room has um, a picture to look at and uh, and the person then in trance tries to visualize and remember aspects of that picture and uh, and then it it it, it works that's that's what one can say about it. But but isn't it important that we understand how it works in order to to add credibility to it that there is nothing more to it than just saying it works? Don't we need to know how it works? Well, of course we do. That's what I've been trying to sort out right. for eighty five years, and and I'm fairly confident that I've got it sorted out. There is a perfectly good train of of uh, evidence and scientific reasoning, which proves the point that there is a, a good example, a good uh, uh, explanation for the paranormal. And it starts, of course, with 
this problem of biology. Biologists have, have got their science in a muddle and they know it's in a muddle and they, um, everybody has been saying for 75 years that DNA mm -hmm. is a book of instructions, but it is not a book of instructions. It's something else. DNA controls life, but in a completely different way to what was uh, what the biologists have been telling us for for years and years. Sir, how do you know biologists are wrong and you're right? Uh, well, I went to uh, I went to um, uh, the Royal Institution in London a year or so ago, mm -hmm. and this was a very high profile. Uh, conference about a big study to try and sort out the, the fundamental problem of biology. Mm -hmm. And they, they failed. They knew that they, there is, they had no answer to the fact that, uh, that DNA controls life, but they don't know how. And, uh, that's, that for me was a very important point. And in fact, there was a fellow from uh, from Canada, uh, from uh, Toronto University there, and he said um, that uh, the biology is in a mess. We need a new core theory, and it's a new core theory that I've I've got round to working out over the years, and it is the fact that it's. It's it, instead of thinking of DNA as a book of instructions, mm -hmm. you just have to think of it as as a personal identity for each individual. Um, we are we are copies of our parents, and and our DNA mm -hmm. is half half our father as DNA and half our mother's DNA, mm -hmm. and. Um, the the uh, the transfer the copying process of, of, of life as a child is growing in the womb it gets it's uh, the information for growth it gets from its parents mm -hmm. and um, uh, they The DNA is like a telephone number in that the child growing recognizes the DNA of its mother and father and right. will accept the growth information. And so that is why a child is born like its father. If the father had big ears and the child will have big ears or blue eyes or whatever. We all know that. We know that's how things work. All right, Richard, stand by. We've got to take our first break. Explanation, our guest this hour is Richard Alabone. And Richard, am I pronouncing your family name correctly? Yeah, Alabone, yes. Alabone, okay. And uh, he published in the year 2009 a book entitled Sublimity. And we'll be back talking to Richard on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. 
Don't forget, if you'd like to send me an email, it's very simple. Exxon at exxonradiotv.com. And for all the programming we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away. friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Exonation, Richard Alabone is our special guest this hour. And Richard, would it be fair to say then that the um, that the DNA is the cellular fingerprint to an individual? Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. We we all we all know that it's so. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's um, a person's DNA can right. be profiled and. And if you, if you, uh, and it can be held in a court of law to to prove whether a particular person, uh, it's like a fingerprint. You see. Okay. So so how how do you come to the conclusion that DNA could resolve the problems of understanding the paranormal? Well, yes. Um, then the, the you have to you have to think of the of um, uh, of DNA not as a book of instructions but as um, just as a code mm-hmm. and and the the code then allows information for growth biological growth copying the parents copying the species and that process demands some sort of carrier like like radio if you like but it's not an electromagnetic carrier it's a quantum carrier and that uh, that does the the copying and part of that copying copies not only uh, features and uh, heart and lungs and so on but it also copies 
memories, instincts, and uh, and that same system is what creates telepathy in later life. So that is the relationship between the paranormal and this new way of looking at biology. All right. Uh, I, I, where did you get your, your accreditation or the, the education that it must take in order to understand the biomolecular aspects of DNA? Well, I was an engineer, okay. so, uh, and I had no training in biology whatsoever. Right. But um, I've looked at the problem of the paranormal and then into biology from an engineering point of view. I was a development engineer. Right. Having to design things and think about things and decide how and why things work. Mm -hmm. And if, so... I was all the time trying to discover what is wrong with biology, the idea that DNA is a book of instructions. And, and biologists know it isn't a book of instructions. And then the obvious answer is what we all know. We are copies of our parents. The only problem is how does this copying process work? Uh, all right. Now, I understand that, you know, you have a, have um, an in-depth knowledge of engineering, but isn't engineering a far cry from genetics? Oh well, yeah, of course it is. But I've, uh, you know, I've, uh, I have some books on genetics, but mainly I've uh, studied on on the internet, looking at looking things up on the on the internet just to discover. Uh, how things work, what people think about things, you know, and, and just delving into um, some of the fundamental bits of, of biology. Um, I, I can understand that, and I, and I can appreciate that, that you have a keen interest in, in biology and, and that you certainly have had a a career in engineering, but I'm having problems giving credibility to someone who hasn't taken the the uh, educational route when it comes to uh, genetics through the higher halls of wisdom, so to speak. Coming yeah. up with a theory and telling or and and saying that biologists are wrong, that you're right. I, I have a problem with that. Yeah, I I, uh, I can see. Uh, your point of view, but it was 35 years ago mm -hmm. that I realized there was a problem with biology. And um, in fact, I, I did a lecture, I made a lecture to the Society of Psychical Research mm -hmm. and uh, saying that, um, uh, that uh, there is a great link between biology and telepathy and so on. And it was only when I uh, attended this conference in London mm -hmm. 18 months ago where the biologists were admitting to themselves that it is that uh, DNA is not a book of instructions and they, they know it controls life, but they don't know how. And that 
for me was a very important thing. Because but, it, but is this idea that DNA is not a book of instructions shared by all biologists or just those who are at the conference where you were? It's, um, I would think it's probably only 10% of biologists are prepared to admit that there's a fundamental problem. So what happens if the biologists who are saying that there's a fundamental problem, and we're talking about, in your own words, 10% of the biologists, how do we know they're right and the other 90% are wrong? Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> we don't. It's only by weighing up all the evidence, all the different little bits and pieces of the puzzle, which fit together like a jigsaw puzzle. And, uh, and it, it does all fit together. Now, I, once again, I have to go back to your very own words where you say 90% disagree with the 10%. So how could 90% of the biologists be so wrong and only 10% so right? Well, it, it, was, uh, it, it started to go wrong in 1944 when um, uh, a, a Nobel Prize winner, Schrodinger his name was, mm -hmm. uh, said that uh, effectively that DNA is a book of instructions. And biologists have not been able to come up with any alternative idea right. in, those, in that 75 years. But you yourself said, sir, that we are part, 50% of our mother, 50% of our father. And if the DNA doesn't give the instructions as to our makeup, where does, it, where does, that, uh, where does that instruction come from? The, the instruction comes by copying the parents. I understand that, sir, but where, how is it relayed during the development of the new person that 50% is the mother, 50% is the father, mother, blue eyes, green, you know, brown hair, and so on, if not from the DNA? And if not from the DNA, from where? It's only a matter of uh, of visualizing that there has to be a carrier, a carrier of information. But what is that carrier? Well, I've sorted out what it probably is, and it's it's spinning particles of quartz. 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 As as found in radios, right? Uh, uh, yes, uh, yes, they, uh, that's right. They, sure. They use, they use uh, silica quartz, uh, silicon chips. Yeah, for channels yeah. and frequency yeah. finders, yeah. 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 And they also use it for, D for DNA work because DNA tends to stick to quartz because it's, uh, if you get a, a quartz crystal, is is um, a spiral helix, which mm -hmm. is, it is like the same, uh, the same sort of thing as DNA is. And um, that's no, no, uh, no coincidence, the fact that they are the same. So if DNA is not 
the instruction manual of the creation, and I'm using this this term, the, you know, the instructions for making this new being that is being created by the sperm of the father and the egg of the mother combining, and then you have the cell duplication and replication and so on. If this is not the responsibility or the job of DNA to create life, well, what is the use of DNA? It's just like a telephone number. It, in, it ensures that the information which is flowing in the ether all over from mm-hmm. all the people in the world, right. there's a massive flow of information, like the flow of information on cell phones, but it's only when somebody rings your cell phone number that the connection is made and your phone rings and, and you can speak to whoever it was. So, All right. I, I hate to interrupt you, but I do have to take my break, sir. Please stand by. Exonation, Richard Alabone is our special guest. And uh, we'll both be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Richard Alabone is our special guest. His website is tomakesenseoflife.com. That's T-O-M-A-K-E-S-E-N-S-E-O-F-L-I-F-E.com. All right, Richard. So as you see it, the DNA is like a... We'll, we'll use the analogy that you used uh, before we went to the news of being our own private individual cell phone number, or fingerprint. Why is this necessary? Well, it's it's very necessary because there would be no life if there was no copying mechanism between members of a species, whether that species is is a a bacteria or a virus or a a mouse or whatever. Okay, let's... All right, then I must have misunderstood something here because I I was under the understanding based on what we were talking about before that DNA has nothing to do with the replication process uh, between a mother and a father and how the child has the similarities of one or the other. Am I correct there? Yes, it, uh, DNA controls life. That's the best way of uh, looking at it. It controls life, okay. but it is not. It is not. Doesn't control as if it was a book of instructions or some system for controlling. It is. It is just an aid to the copying mechanism, and the copying mechanism has mm-hmm. to involve uh, this carrier 
Um, the, one of the big aspects of all this is uh, is how does the information get into the cells, and how does that contrive to to make a cell uh, to make cells split in the correct uh, way? Uh, it's known as differentiation. Um, a cell will sometimes split to make another, a, sing, a cell the same as itself, mm -hmm. or it sometimes, if it was a, uh, uh, a muscle cell, it might then uh, it might then have to have to create split into a bone cell. Sure. And and that that information has to be transmitted uh, in some way. So w would you say that DNA is the carrier of genetic information? It allows the carrier, but it doesn't, it isn't the carrier itself, no. It allows the carrier, uh, which is, uh, I've suggested, is, is spinning quartz particles, um, and they, uh, uh, they, uh, are picked up by <clears throat> tubes in every living cell. Every okay. cell in, that's ever been in the last hundred million years has what are known as microtubules, little tiny microscopic tubes, which scientists can see with these clever microscopes right. and things, but they don't know what they're for. So would you would you agree with the following statement, and this is by Francis Crick, who is the co-discoverer uh, co of the structure of DNA molecules. Uh, he summed up the uh, central dogma of molecular biology as follows. DNA makes RNA, RNA makes protein, and protein makes us. DNA tells cells what proteins to make indirectly through a process called transcription or translation. Yes, um, that was what was uh, what was thought of at the time. But it's still uh, thought of now in in uh, the mainstream in mainstream bioscience. It, it is indeed. Yeah. I, I accept that. But it's it's how does what is known as differentiation work? How does a cell split? To be different sometimes. Sometimes it will make it a cell the same as itself. Sometimes it will be a different, a different cell. We are composed of, I think it's 200 million different sorts mm -hmm. of cells, um, and it's it's this process of differentiation which biologists do not understand. So why would they then call, and this is according to the majority of bioscientists, that DNA is the blueprint of life? Yes. It's just the way you look at it. It, look, it looks as if it's a blueprint, but it is not. It is just like a telephone number. But, but that, that is according to you in 10% of the scientists or the biologists who attended this seminar. It's not the thought of mainstream science. No, no, I agree. You're, you're absolutely right. There's, there's, I'm not trying to pretend that this, but the, there are plenty of scientists who 
accept that there is a problem, that biology is in a mess. It's a but, fellow Toronto University said well, it's means... in a mess. And it, it, it is. But they that, don't but know, sir, they don't know how, how differentiation works. But, sir, that's according to you, and, and no disrespect, you have no experience. You, ha I, I'm sorry, you, you may have experience, but you do not have any any education when it comes to science uh, or bioscience. So, no. how can, so how can you be so confident that these people are right, the 10% are right, and the 90% are wrong, and academia is wrong? Yeah, yeah I, I accept your, 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 your way of looking at things, mm -hmm. but the fact is that we have, to under, we have to find an explanation for the paranormal. But in looking for an explanation for the paranormal, do we have to say that science is wrong and, the, and some theories pertaining to DNA actually explain the paranormal? And, and I might add at this point, these theories that cannot be proven scientifically. Uh, yes, I, I, <laughs> I hear what you say. Yeah. Um, in your belief, or, or based on your theory, um, are the four base uh, strands included? And I'm talking about the A strand, the C strand, G strand, and T strand when it comes to the DNA makeup. Oh, uh, yeah. I, th I don't know that the... Um, uh, it's it's the DNA and RNA which mm -hmm. went before it yeah. are incredibly complicated right. systems, um, and it's it, it, it's it's only complicated in that um, we, we look and see we we can see what's going on we we're learning how. It, what what things look like, mm -hmm. but we have no uh, no uh, process of of uh, differentiation. We have no process by which DNA controls life, and it is only by looking at the science of biology in a very different light mm -hmm. that we can begin to understand how it works. How do you intend on doing that? <laughs> well, I've, I've, I've written a book and I've, uh, in fact, I've, I've written two books. Okay. I wrote a book called Sublimity first, that was about 10 or 15 years ago. And, um, and uh, I just sort of outlined the, my theory at the, in that book. And then I've... Uh, uh, I've had two editions of, of of my current book, Making Sense of Life, and um, in in that book is all the evidence which fits together like a like a crossword puzzle. You see, like a jigsaw puzzle. Sorry. Has has your book been peer reviewed? It hasn't really. No. The well. 
I have I have um, lectured to the scientific and medical network, of, uh, which is a society based mainly in in, in Europe, mm-hmm. sort of worldwide, really. And I I lecture to them, and they do not like my suggestions. Scientists are very uh, very wary of of an engineer who thinks he's got the answer to biology. Well, I, I can kind of understand their feelings. You know, but if you have the answers and they can be proven right, what would they have to lose? Uh, yeah. I, eventually, I'm quite confident, eventually the scientists are going to have to say, yes, we, we have to think of DNA in, in a different way. It works in a different way. And it fits in with all other problems. All right, stand by, sir. We've got to take our final break. Exxon Nation, Richard Alabone is our special guest. His website is tomakesenseoflife.com. And uh, we'll both be back as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Welcome back, everyone. Richard Alabone is our guest this hour. His website is to make sense of life.com. We were talking about um, your, your theory in the previous three segments, and in the last segment, you were saying that uh, you had basically, if I understood right, made presented your hypotheses to the scientific community, and it did not go over very well. Um, if it didn't go over very well, what was the main bone of contention with the scientific community when it came to your presentation? I don't know. I think it's 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 so it's it involves so many different aspects of science that the scientists, uh, you know, can't get their head around it. It's only by looking at all the different aspects of, of the science, which I've spelled out in my book. Mm-hmm. Um, one, of the, one of the big scientific uh, things about all this is, is that in every living cell, we have microtubules, which physically uh, organize the splitting of a cell the microtubules are, in fact, uh, the nervous system that we have in our, our bodies. Uh, the microtubules, in fact, are organized sense of smell, sight, hit, sound. Um, and... and uh, All right, let me, let me ask you this, because we this know, is, this, we, you know, we we're, know we're running out of time very fast. Who does agree with you? 
Uh, well, the scientific and medical network um, uh, have a have a, uh, a magazine, and I submitted an article, and it was rejected. And they said, "What on earth is this man talking about? Mm -hmm. Nothing that any scientist understands." Right. The book was reviewed by uh, by the editor a year or so later, and he said um, that it presents a a reasonable theory as, as to uh, understanding uh, a, a new paradigm for uh, DNA and whatever. Oh, all right, so. Only the editor has agreed with you? Uh, yes, uh, more or less. What he said, well, I thought I'd just try up. He said, the content of the book is stimulating, informed, and wide-ranging in terms of its discussion of evidence that a paradigm shift is required in biology and psychology. Okay. So that was published in the, in the Scientific and Medical Network magazine. So, you know. So, so once again, if my math is correct, you have ninety percent of the scientific and biological community who do not agree with you. The only person who does agree with you is your editor. <laughs> well, it's not, not my editor; it's the editor of the Scientific and Medical Network uh, magazine. Okay, so what did the members and the readers of that magazine have to say about your theory? Nothing. What does that tell you, sir? It, it tells me that that's the way science works. Science, scientists have to be very uh, cagey about uh, accepting new ideas and new theories um, especially where the evidence is somewhat obscure and hidden, which which all this is, of course. If you would have, if you would be a bona fide member of the scientific community, and you presented this argument to your fellow scientists, do you think the re the the reaction would be any different? I don't think it would. No. I mean. Uh, the scientists try and weigh up the evidence of a new idea, or a new theory, or a new process. But if that was the case, sir, how would we have the scientific discoveries and the medical discoveries that we have today if that was true? Just by sheer hard work of... of Biologists and scientists. You know, that's scientists work. Science works in a in a particular way, and mm -hmm. you know, things. Uh, somebody does an experiment. It then has to. It's written up in uh, as a paper, sure. and it is peer reviewed, mm -hmm. and so on. So, based on my question to you and your answer, that you do not believe that there would be any change in the reaction from the scientific community, even if you were an accepted member of that community, why do you persist in, in believing that your hypothesis is correct? 
Because it answers so many other questions. Such as? The second, the second chapter of my book is, is entitled... Uh, it's entitled Things That Don't Make Sense. Biology is one of them. Differentiation and is is un, inexplicable and DNA. Uh, okay, but let's let's let me ask you this question: What other aspects of the paranormal, besides um, uh, what we've been talking about this hour, does your theory, um, you know, give credence to and give an explanation to? It gives an explanation to all the paranormal because it it gives one the uh, the it's part of the growth process has to involve information from mind to mind and um, that's it. So how does it explain ghosts? Ah, ghosts are. What, well, ghost hunters refer to stone tape recordings uh, where information is stored in uh, in the quartz and stones of a building mm -hmm. and uh, occasionally it, it sort of leaks out just like uh, but what about the what, what about the uh, ghost uh, investigators or researchers or wannabe researchers? who claim that they can go to certain locations and interact with these spirits or these ghosts in an intelligent manner. Yeah, I think that's uh, all for the television, to be quite honest. So you, you don't agree with that? No. Um, how does your theory relate to reincarnation? Reincarnation is, is known as the, the world's greatest mystery. But the evidence is, is that uh, is quite easily explainable when viewed as um, inheritance with the wrong person. Inheritance with the wrong person. See, see, we, we inherit mm -hmm. mainly from our parents. Right. Okay, blue eyes, brown yeah, hair. Gotcha. But... If somebody a few miles away has similar DNA, uh -huh. a child can link with that person uh, in uh, during the um, the let you know after about six months um, from uh, conception. Uh, so when, uh, conception, right? And a child will. Um, will make contact with with some person and the evidence of reincarnation where um, phobias and marks on mm -hmm. the skin and right. all all these things um, all look like mm -hmm. inheritance all right sir i want to thank you so much for joining us tonight it's been a rather unique strange baffling hour. I don't believe one bit of it. I'll stick my hat in the arena with the 90% of the scientists, biologists, and uh, geneticists who think that your theory sucks. Man, 
your theories have more holes in them than a piece of cheese in the fridge of Billy Myers in Switzerland. I'm sorry, I cannot buy it. Especially the last part where you're telling me that information from a person can be transmitted to a fetus in the mother's womb when the child is in womb and six months old and over. Man, what do you smoke? I've heard ridiculous things in my time, but I'll tell you something. Your theory is up there. Your theories are up there. And no wonder only the editor of the magazine who had the balls enough to publish an article about your book and your theories. So 90% of scientists disagree with you. 10% who are fringe agree with you. And nobody who read the article agrees with you except the editor. Man, if that doesn't tell you that you're talking about a lot of bullshit, nothing else will. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the Exome from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. To my producer and master control, Craig, get the cleanup crew in here. There's more bullshit here than there is in most bull farms. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Don't go away. 